Welcome to Midday Magazine for December 22nd. I'm Jordan Lewis. Petersburg Borough Assembly approved $40,000 to fund an incentive program for early childhood educators at their Monday meeting. KFSK's Rachel Cassandra has more. The incentive program was proposed by the Early Childhood Education Task Force. It will be an adaptation of the Juno Hearts program. It's designed to reduce staff turnover in the field by financially incentivizing continuing education for child care workers. It was approved by the Assembly by a 6-to-1 vote. Here is Mayor Mark Jensen at the meeting. Okay, we have a 6-1 vote with uh, Member Marsh opposed, and that passes. So good luck. Hopefully the program is successful. The funding will come out of money already earmarked for the borough's Early Childhood Education Task Force. It's from an ARPA grant, Federal Money for COVID Recovery. There are three tiers of payments in the program based on the employee's education level. Higher tiers offer more money to those pursuing higher levels of education. If every eligible employee in Petersburg applies and receives funding, the cost will be the full $40,000. According to a needs survey, Petersburg had an 80% staff turnover rate over a two-year period in the early childhood education field. Katie Homeland is on the task force and runs Kinderskog, a nature play education center in Petersburg. She says the task force will monitor applications to see if the program is working. So the goal in this, these tiers is that we have staff members who apply for the first round and hopefully when they apply for the second round, they've moved up in their tiers. That's our goal. Um, is to see a little bit of movement in the upward direction. She says that child care centers will have more flexibility to stay open when employees reach Tier 2 of the incentive program. Because when we get our staff members to Tier 2, you can actually be a CCA, a child care associate, which means that if your administrator is not in the building, they can keep the program open. You're required to have one of those per every 30 kids you have in your care. So if we want to expand programs, we need more CCAs locally. Petersburg takes a lot of pride in growing our own. This is a way to do it. Several community members and assembly members spoke in support of funding the program. Assembly member David Kensinger said the program could be one piece of a bigger picture. I want to compliment everybody that's put a lot of man hours into this. I'm going to definitely be supporting it. I understand that the problem is something that we just can't necessarily solve here by ourselves in Petersburg, and the the ultimate solution will require assistance from the state and from the federal Mm -hmm. government. But that said, I think a lot of times some of the best ideas come out locally, and I think this is a good idea. It's been tested in Juneau. It seems to be working there, and I don't see any reason why it won't work here in Petersburg. Donna Marsh was the only assembly member voting against the measure. At the group's last meeting, Marsh said she was concerned about the cost and about government involvement. She says she still has those same concerns. I think any time that government is involved in private enterprise, there becomes a, a very fuzzy dividing line as far as what would be required down the line. I am not comfortable with it, nor am I comfortable with Uh, encumbering the borough to provide for these funds if subsequent grant funding doesn't come through. I know that's the goal. The Early Childhood Education Incentive Program can begin as soon as January. First payments may be as early as June.
Petersburg Medical Center has offered to take care of the paperwork side of the program at no cost to the borough. The program is a pilot and will be monitored for one year. After that, program organizers will need to find new funding. That could come from additional ARPA funds or from outside grants. In Petersburg, I'm Rachel Cassandra. Earlier this month, a bar patron in Juneau got charged with assault after throwing a pint glass at a bartender. Some local bartenders think the incident is part of a broader trend in harassment of service workers that may have stirred early in the pandemic. KTO's Yvonne Kremley reports. David Elrod is a software engineer, but several nights a week, he's at the Crystal Saloon in Juneau, where he enjoys fixing the vintage pinball machines in the upstairs game room. I got it mostly working, though. Mostly working. He's been tending bar for 16 years, but he says an incident earlier this month was the first time anyone threw a glass at his head. A group of four men he hadn't seen before came up one night to rent a pool table. But instead of playing at an open table, they started playing at one that was already in use. When Elrod asked them to use the one that wasn't already occupied, they got angry. Elrod told them to leave and turned around to grab their IDs. Right then, I just felt the glass just whiz past my head. The incident was caught on the bar's security camera. What happened to Elrod seems to be part of a broader trend in harassment towards service workers that may have started early in the pandemic. I can tell you that there's been an uptick in bad behavior almost anywhere I go. Elrod grew up in Juneau, but has lived out of town since high school. He moved back to Juno from San Francisco last year. He worked in bars there, too. I didn't sign up to get glasses thrown at my head, but I know I signed up to deal with people who aren't always in their, their best state of mind. Um, I don't know how much consolation that's supposed to give me. While harassment may be increasing for all bartenders, Elrod said the women who work behind Juno's bars see it more often. Morgan Gaither has been bartending for more than a decade. A lot of that time in Juneau. So one thing I don't enjoy is when my female bartenders who are smaller or sweeter or quieter than I am have feedback for me. Like, oh, this guy said this to me or someone did this to me. Like, pick on someone your own size. She has a no-nonsense demeanor and says she feels like that's why no one messes with her. But she doesn't like to see it happen to her friends and staff. She says people don't seem to be as afraid of consequences as they were a few years ago. But some, sometimes lately it seems like people are very out of line and then they're not sorry for it later or sober. And when people are violent, she kicks them out. Depending on how bad the behavior is, it could just be for the night or forever. But she doesn't like being the enforcer. And it is like a balance in a small town. You don't want people to feel excluded or shamed if they're just having a hard time or, you know, a mental illness or something. But at the same time, like, everybody else has to be safe, so. Gaither says she is often worried about retaliation. Gino police advised her to report any verbal abuse she receives in the bar or on the streets. The police responded to the attack on David Elrod at Crystal Saloon. The guy who threw the glass has been charged with assault and property damage. A court order says he's not allowed to go to the Crystal Saloon, be near Elrod, or even drink alcohol or go anywhere that sells alcohol. Craig Campbell with the Juno police said they don't have long-term data ready to analyze from the past couple of years to say if there's any trend in violence like this. 
But the service workers in Juneau don't need a report to feel like things have changed. Elrod said he's been more nervous about going to work since he was attacked. And Morgan Gaither said her staff recently organized a private Facebook group for the bartenders in Juneau to post about problematic patrons. She hopes this will help everyone who works in the industry stay safe. In Juneau, I'm Yvonne Cremery. Two young swimmers in Petersburg's Viking Swim Club have broken decades-old club records this winter. The club is a non-profit that trains a competitive swim team for ages 6 to 18. KFSK caught up with the team at a recent practice and had this report. At the Petersburg pool, one wall is covered in blue and white Viking Swim Club records that date back 50 years. Soon, there will be new names added to the board. Ten-year-old Tori Miller and eight-year-old Jackson Zweifel both broke swim records in their age classes. Miller broke the 50 butterfly stroke record at the November rain swim meet in Petersburg, and Zweifel broke two records for 100-yard and 50-yard breaststroke at the Ketchikan Invitational this month. Miller says she remembers her win well. I started crying because I was so happy, and I was very proud of myself. She had been prepping for a year to try and break the butterfly record. I had to train a lot to actually, like, get to know that, like, exact, um, that exact, uh, stroke. And that was like a year ago, something like that. And I took lots of time on it, and I started getting better and better. So I was thinking about breaking the record, and I did Head coach Scott Burt says the record Miller broke was 20 years old. She broke the record in the 50 fly. Her time was 32.44 seconds. Um, the record she broke was from 2002, so it's been on the boards for quite some time. That record was previously held by Aaron Struley and was 32.84 seconds. That means Miller broke the record by just 0.4 seconds. Zweifel broke one of his records by a large margin, four seconds. Coach Bird says it was quite a feat because the swimmer didn't have any rest time between events. They were in the 50 breaststroke and then 100 breaststroke, and they were swam back-to-back at a swim meet um, that we had in Ketchikan about two weeks ago. Um, and and Jackson um, was a trooper. He, he jumped in, did the 50 breast, got a time of 44.94 seconds. Um, the old record was quite old. Um, from it was it's been on the board since 1990, um, and uh, he shattered it by almost two seconds. Derek Gibb held the 50-yard record for 32 years with a time of 46.40 seconds. In the 100-yard breaststroke, Peter Kowalski held the previous record since 2010. The record was one minute 46 seconds. Swifel beat that by four seconds. Swifel says he worked hard to make it happen. I trained about um, every day I went to swim team. Um, I I worked on my pullouts and how I dived off the block for um, a pullout or and started swimming breaststroke. Zweifel didn't stop his record there. Last Friday, the swim club held time trials where he broke his new 100-yard record again. Coach Bird says it'll be interesting to see if Zweifel will get even faster. I expect that as the season continues, um, he continues to improve, he will continue to break his own record. The club trains every day and has numerous events lined up in the coming months. In Petersburg, I'm Jordan Lewis. Every year at Christmas time, 
Petersburg celebrates its several days of eulabucking. Businesses give out drinks and treats to residents. It's an adaptation of a historic Scandinavian tradition. Rachel Cassandra spoke with Chad Dolbert at Alaska Airlines about the treats they chose this year. My name is Chad Dolbert, and I am the station manager here in Petersburg for Alaska Airlines. We're doing a, a salmon mix from Tonka Seafoods, and then we have, you know, baked a lot of different kind variety of cookies. We just wanted to do something kind of, you know, a treat that would be kind of universal, sweets that might appeal to the most people, and that's kind of why we chose that. We uh, tried to do something a little special with not only the airplane-shaped cookies, but kind of our Alaska Airlines colors as well, just to kind of represent the company and give somebody that they can associate with us a treat. That was Chad Dolbert from Alaska Airlines talking with Rachel Cassandra. And Rachel Cassandra spoke with Lydia Wickersham from PMC right before the Eula Booking event started. Lydia Wickersham, I'm the food service manager here at Petersburg Medical Center. Number one, okay, we are in a Norwegian-based town, so we wanted to use a Norwegian-themed meal. Well, we have our pickled items, and then the Norwegian things that we're doing, it's a Norwegian meatball in a sauce, and then we also have a... It's actually a salmon dip. It's a Norwegian salmon dip. It's a smoked salmon dip. They are local smoked salmon, so I thought it was pretty cool. It was a nice touch, so. Uh, we are going to have pickled herring and wine sauce. And then for the sweets, people that have a sweet tooth, rather than your typical gingerbread and butter cookies, these are Norwegian cookies. Um, I, I, I'm kind of embarrassed to, to pronounce them because I don't know if I'm mispronouncing, but uh, for the gingerbread uh, there are pepper cockers uh the difference is instead of using molasses we used honey as a sweetener so they're not very sweet and they've actually got black pepper in them which is pretty cool and then for the butter cookie those are serena cockers so it's it's uh like i said a butter cookie like a shortbread and it's got almonds on them that was lydia wickersham from petersburg medical center talking about serving norwegian foods for yule bucking you'll be hearing more You'll be hearing from more businesses this week about foods they serve for Eula Bucking. For KFSK, I'm Jordan Lewis.